Wow, good morning, Christ Central Placentia. So good to see you. Seriously, I don't know if it's because I don't see you every week, um, because I'm mainly at the Artesia campus. My name is David, I'm one of the assistant pastors. But it's so good to see you guys. I'm just genuinely happy by seeing some of your faces, some that I know, some that I don't know, but it's really good to see you guys. So thank you for allowing me, just by your presence, uh, make me feel like it's already a good Sunday. All right, that's my message, let's close. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, As you know, we have been going over a series on loving the local church. And we, the way in which we do this, uh, or we did this in the past, is we've been tackling portions of our worship service. So we've been explaining to you, hopefully very clearly, why we do things like confession of faith, you know, the, 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 the worship part, how to listen. Uh, and I hope that this series has been very refreshing, helpful. Um, and hopefully this also has given you an opportunity to really love Christ Central more. And today, as we come uh, to an end of our Loving the Local Church series, I get the challenging task of talking about why we sing. I know, it's kind of like I'm going to preach a whole sermon on why it is that we sing. And I cannot help but to think, automatically, when this topic was given to me, the first thing that I thought of was years ago, maybe about six, seven years ago, no, more like eight, nine years ago, I used to counsel kids in juvie um, that were in there for all sorts of reasons, and I just couldn't help but to think of the times where we used to do praise there, because our praise there was very different from the type of praise we do here, which by the way, thank you Nathan and worship team. Can we give it up for our worship team? (laughs) Worship here is amazing. Worship in juvie was so ghetto. I used to take my projector that I used to borrow from church. We used to project a YouTube clip of Hillsong where they used to have the sing-alongs where as you sing, the words get filled up. You know what I'm talking about? And these kids who are all, most of them gangbangers, they're in there and they don't want to sing these songs. It looks very childish. And so at the very beginning portion when we used to do these uh, Bible studies, they used to stand like this. I'm like, I'm not going to sing that. And then when they would get warmed up by the word of God, then their hands would kind of slowly go down. And then there was a portion where uh, the song, King Jesus is All. You guys know that song? King Jesus is All. There's an echo part. But these kids didn't know what echo meant. And so they would sing, King Jesus is All. Echo. <laughs> I'm like, oh, guys, this means you got to go back here. And then slowly, they're like, oh, why don't you tell us, man? I'm going to beat you up. Their gangster self would come out again. And, 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 and these were joyful moments that I experienced with these students in juvie towards the latter part of our praises or where they would graduate. I loved how their hands would slowly kind of go down and at the end, they didn't care about the persons, the people next to them. Most of them were rival gang gang members. But towards the end, they were just feeling the songs. They're like, yeah, like if they were at a party. Some of them were doing what you call a sea walk. It's like a gangster type of dance during our praise. I was like, wow, this is crazy. 
You see, singing is so powerful. I want to share with you guys why it's so important. But before we get into why it's important, let me tell you some of the barriers as to why it is that some of us may not sing. And one of the barriers, if we are completely honest with us this morning, is preference. If we're completely honest with ourselves, we all grew up differently with different styles of praise, listening to different types of music. And so when we gathered together corporately to worship God, Nathan and the worship team, which again, do a fantastic job, have a difficult task of leading us because the music you may not like, it's preference. You're like, oh, I don't like that song. I don't like fast songs. Or vice versa, I don't like slow songs. Or I don't like this old song. Ah, this new song is way too touchy-feely about my feelings or emotions. There's too many me's and I's. Let's have more of God and Trinity. There's a lot of preference involved which can potentially uh, build a barrier for us to not sing. If it's not preference, folks, it could be perception. Some of you here, again, if we're completely honest with ourselves, are afraid of what the person next to you may think. I sing, and then you're afraid that the person next to you might be like, well, you're a little off key. You don't sound right on that pitch. Or maybe not singing. Some of us here are afraid to raise our hands because you're afraid. Perception, what others may think of us, it could potentially be a barrier. People who are not even Christians make fun of this. They have worship memes. I don't know if you've seen some of these, but I love these. They say that there is the rookie level. The rookie level is the elbow flap. Uh, you're worshiping and you do the elbow flap. This is the rookie level. And then there's the carry the TV, right? And then there's the go big screen, right? And then if you pass the rookie level, you're at the intermediate level where it's like my fish was this big. And then you go carry the baby and Mufasa, this is Mufasa right here. This is when you're getting real comfortable now, Mufasa. And then you pass the intermediate level and you're at the pro level. Yo, what, what is the pro level now, right, of worship? Yo, this is by non-Christian people who made this up, okay? Pro level, they say evangelicals or Christians say, yeah, the pro level, if you're comfortable, now you're at the pointers. You're like, yeah, pointers. Classroom, this is the classroom right here, right? <laughs> My favorite, the, the expert level is Rocky. Mm, Rocky, village people, touchdown. This is my favorite. You see any grown adult man do this like this? This one, I made this up. This is, I've got kids at home. <laughs> this one, if you're honest with yourself, you're like, oh, God, help me. Lord, I got kids at home, Lord. This, you see any grown man doing worship, just not saying any words? That's what's going on in their minds. They're thinking, God, what am I, you laugh, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Perception, we're, we're, we're afraid of what people are gonna think of us. But if it's not preference, if it's not perfect perception, I guarantee you it's pride. A big barrier as to why you don't sing, you don't express the biblical truths of what we're singing here today is because of pride. You see, I can say that to you because it's true. There's this unhealthy value system that we've grown up where we think maybe we're too above this. 
We see praise time as just a prelude of listening to the sermon, and so you don't treat it with holy reverence. You don't approach it with this attitude of God. This is an opportunity where I'm invited to your presence where you could speak to me, and I can actually minister to those around me. And so if you don't fall under those three categories as to maybe some of the barriers of why you don't sing, I hope that as we look at the passage today, we can see why singing is important. There's a method actually, a methodology to our singing, but ultimately who it really points to. And so if you guys have your Bibles, let me hear you say a word. And turn to Colossians chapter 3, I'll be reading two verses, verses 16 and 17. Again, that's Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. This is the word of God, Apostle Paul speaks, and he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. Amen. That is the word of God for this morning. Here, Apostle Paul is going to lead us as to the why we sing. I have two reasons why we sing. One, uh, and they both start with a C. God commands us to sing. This is an imperative, it's not an option. God tells us throughout the Old Testament, you know, besides prayer and obedience, the command to sing is actually given more throughout Psalms, throughout the stories of Exodus, of his people being saved from slavery. Even throughout New Testament, God commands his people to praise. In fact, we're told that God himself sings. In Sephaniah, we're told that Jesus sings. God commands us because he knows how important singing is. He knows and he gives it as a gift. He gives it as a gift. You see, as humanity, we were designed to enjoy beauty and excellence and to actually express it. We were designed to enjoy beauty and excellence and to actually express it, whether it's from a baseball match, as you see two teams go at it, and they're trained athletes. You enjoy it, you root for your team, you go, yes, you express it, and as you express it, the level of enjoyment increases, whether it's a baseball match or MMA fight. When I think of MMA, I think automatically of Pastor Daniel our other assistant pastor, he talks about MMA all the time. And I still remember vividly one time I went to his house to watch one match with my son, and I don't think I'll take my son again. But he was screaming at the top of his lungs for this specific fighter, rooting for him, and my son started to cry because he freaked out, and I'm freaked out too because I'm like, who are you? But as he was screaming for the specific fighter, he was actually doing better. He ultimately lost the fight. But as I saw him enjoy, enjoy this fight, somehow it got me excited. I'm like, yeah, man, let's go. Woo! Or whether it's nature. I grew up in Peru. I had the privilege of visiting Machu Picchu four times in my lifetime, and I hope four more afterwards. But every time I go to Machu Picchu, You know, 
I have to say, express, articulate something. Wow, oh my Dios mio, look at this. Who put the rocks here? Goodness. Who goes to Grand Canyon and goes, Or who takes a bite of an amazing, tasty, juicy steak and goes, you express it. You go, oh my goodness, that was so good. So good. God, your creation, amazing. God commands because he knows Some of you are automatically thinking, well, that's kind of weird, David. God, why does he need us to praise and sing to him? It's not that he needs it. In the words of actually a pastor and theologian, he puts it this way. He says that when we come and sing Sunday morning, it doesn't meet a need in God, it meets a need in us. And why is that? Because God knows who he is. He's self-sufficient. He is perfect, all-powerful. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need our singing. But he knows we need his presence. He understands how important it is. And singing becomes a means for us to be in the presence of God. And so he commands because he knows who we are. He definitely knows who he is. But the second reason why we sing is because as he commands it, from our perspective, it confirms the promises of God. As we articulate these biblical truths, what happens is it confirms the truth and the reality of who I am as a son and as a daughter of God. It confirms the covenant and the promises that he's made of old and how it actually applies to us today. It confirms that as I'm doing life, that he is with me every single step of the way and that I'm not alone. It confirms all these biblical truths. And so what God does is I command it because I know you need it, but it confirms the reality of who I am, my value. And this is so important because the world and Satan will tell you otherwise. Satan will say, you are not worthy. Satan will pick at the sin and say, look how horrible you are. How can you come and sing these songs? Do you really mean that you're forgiven? Satan will constantly attack you and say, you don't really believe that. Look at your life. But that's actually more the reason why we should express and articulate and remind ourselves of these biblical truths. I love what Rick Warren does in one of his um, presentations. He goes to prisons often And then he takes out a $50 bill and he goes, how many of you guys want this $50 bill? And everyone's saying, yes, we want the $50 bill. And then he'll crumble it up and he says, who still wants this $50 bill? And everybody still obviously raises their hand. And then he takes it, he puts it on the ground, he steps on it, he spits on the $50 bill and he says, well, who wants it now? And everybody still raises their hand. And Rick Warren says at the end, you have not lost a cent worth to God. The world and whatever comes at you will tell you otherwise that you are unworthy, you're not accepted, but truth is, an assurance that we have is that you have not lost a cent worth 
That's how valuable each and every one of us is. And singing becomes a means for us to proclaim that truth over us. It confirms it. So as we talk about why we sing, let me tell you the methodology as to how we are to approach it. And we're told here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, as the word of Christ dwells in us richly, teaching and admonishing one another. So the methodology here is we are to teach and admonish one another in our singing as we gather together corporately. Could that possibly be? that we have an opportunity here in our praise singing, in our expression and articulation of these biblical truths to edify and encourage, to teach, to shape and mold the person next to us. Yes, it's true. That's why great hymn writers such as Isaac Watts or you know, the Wesley brothers, Martin Luther, they knew this profound truth and they wrote deeply profound theological hymns because it, they knew that through singing, they could learn these truths. They could encourage one another as they sing it, as they express it. As you go pick up your kids, by the way, thank the, volunteer, thank the volunteers, the teachers, you know, the, the work they put in every week, worship leaders and directors to teach through song, some of these truths, it's just beyond my words. And I'm, I'm a recipient of it. My son will come home every Sunday. He'll tell me what he's learned, and then he'll sing the songs. And I'm like, bro, first of all, man, you can't sing. In my head, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm like, man, you're wi my, my wife, she sings. She, she, he's got my singing voice, vocal cords. He cannot hit the chords. I'm like, what song is that? It sounds familiar, but I can't get the, 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 the lyrics to match with the tone. <laughs> Anyways, so think the children's ministry. There's a methodology here by teaching and admonishing one another. What that actually means is that we have an opportunity here to shape one another. Fill in the blank of this song, if you know it. Jesus loves me, this I know. You guys know it by heart. It's been taught. It's a biblical truth. We are to teach, to admonish one another. There is actually also a matrix, a matrix, a grid of as to what we are to proclaim, and we're told that we are to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Songs and hymns is talking about the Old Testament psalms that David and other psalm writers wrote these because as a liturgy, they would proclaim this truth over their, their services every week. But what he means over in spiritual songs, he's talking about types of songs. This is what differentiates music of the world versus music that we sing um, here at church. Spiritual songs, it has an ability to really hit and transcend whatever earthly feelings we have and to really get at the core of our spirits. In a parallel passage in Ephesians chapter 5, when he he, he gives the same command. Prior to that, he talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. When some of you guys have experienced, as you proclaim these truths, it transcends all knowledge. It transcends whatever music uh, ability or, or, or singing ability you've had because it's hitting and fulfilling the need that you have. It's spiritual. There's been times when I'm a little bit too over 
feeling of my so- of the, some of the songs that I sing and during retreats, you know, you're singing and sometimes you forget where you're stepping. And then like I opened my eyes and when I started thi- this way, initially I would be like this in front of the crowd and I opened my eyes and everyone's looking at me like I'm crazy because like I'm so in- into the singing of songs that are really catering to my spirit. So there's the method There's the matrix, and let me finish here with what's the message? The message we're told here in verse 17, Paul says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The message is ultimately this, that Jesus mediates, that God redeems and God restores his people through Jesus Christ. The message that we are to proclaim, just like Apostle Paul says, is that in word or deed, in singing, in all that you do, do it through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is the only one who receives our praise by virtue of being part of the Holy Trinity. But he also is a forerunner and a leader of our singing because he's the one who entered the Holy of Holies, not by the blood of goats or lamb, but by his own blood, and he became the ultimate sacrifice. You see, in the Old Testament, the role of the priest was to gather the people and to lead them in song and to lead them into the presence of God. But Hebrews chapter 9 tells us that Jesus becomes this high priest. That the reason we're able to sing is ultimately because Jesus has interceded on our behalf. And I love what Hebrews says. It's the present tense. It's that we have continuously. It's not a once done thing that he died and resurrected, but he continues to intercede on our behalf continuously as we sing songs to honor our God. So my message this morning is pretty straightforward and simple. Can we renew our understanding of why singing is important because of the message that it carries the potential that it has that we can actually minister and edify to teach and admonish one another with the biblical truths that we have learned through our singing. And if that's the case, I believe we'll come and approach this praise time with holy reverence, not with this understanding that it's just a prelude to listening to the sermon, but we'll approach it. It will be a spiritual act of worship as we give our lives It will confirm the biblical truths and the promises that he has given us so that we're confident, we know we're assured of his salvation for his people, for us. So I find it fitting, folks, if I could just simply ask you to just close your eyes wherever you are. I know there's gonna be a song of response, but I could... If I can ask you guys to sing with me an acapella song, I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna sing this song. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he, he's strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Can we sing this all together, church, and I'll close this in prayer. Let's sing.
Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so.